chapter number 13. Isn't it good to be saved? Oh, the blood. You know, if you're raised in church your whole life like I was, all that just is just, it just second nature to me. It's like the air that we breathe. Uh, when you think about it, but if you've never been to church and, and, and you, you don't know church churchology or terminology, you know, you don't speak Christianese, you may not understand the significance of that song. And it, and it might seem a little weird, it might seem a little weird, some of the terminology in the song, the blood falling on, he says, well, that's kind of weird, preacher, that's, that's, but you got to understand this. We sing a song, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, it required the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to take away our sin. That's why the prophet could say, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He said, here's the, here's, the, here's the truth of the matter. God took our black sin and dipped it in red blood, and it came out white as snow. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's nothing weird. It's nothing crazy. It's biblical. We are washed by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say amen. Man, it's good to be saved. I am telling you what. I am glad to know who Jesus is. Now, here, here's the thing. I need, you to, I need you to stay with me today because today's message is, is, is convicting. Uh, it is challenging. Uh, it, it's going to challenge the way you think about some things and, and some of the activities you may participate in. And I, I'll be honest with you, God convicted me. He showed me some things in my life that I need to improve and do better uh, because of the influence that I have. And, uh, and, and we, we, we're going to look at the making of a choice. The making of a choice. We're going to look at the choice that, that Lot made and what went into making that choice. Now, I want to say this before we even begin, before we even start. Uh, we are responsible for the choices we make. We are responsible for the choices we make. We are living in a generation where, where we want to blame everybody for the stupid things we do. Well, it was this, it was that, it was the culture, it was my parents didn't give me enough ice cream when I was growing up. I mean, you know, it's everybody's fault but our own. And I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands how I stand and where I stand on this matter of choices and responsibility. We will be held accountable for the choices we make. My father is not going to stand before God and give an account for the choices I make. Are y'all with me? We are all individually responsible for the choices we make. But. It's amazing to me how often we get angry or upset or frustrated at people that we have influence over who make certain choices. And you say, and I, and I mean similar, for instance, our children. We get frustrated at our children. We get upset at our children for doing certain things. And then when we look back, we realize, or maybe you don't realize, but you're going to realize today that we took steps that influenced their decision. And here we're upset at them because they did something that was really a cause of the great influence we had on them. Now, everybody has a choice to make. Everybody, life is full of choices. Bob Keeshan said it this way. Parents 
are the ultimate role models for their children. Not your pastor, not the student pastor, not the teachers at school, but the parent is the ultimate role model for the children. Every word, movement, and action has an effect. No other person or outside force has a greater influence on a child than the parent. And I want to, I want to, I want to preach. This is really, it's geared for everybody. It's geared for everybody, but it's really going to help young parents or parents of little people. Uh, when when they get to a certain age, uh, it's done. Now you can do everything to make up for it, but it's pretty much you done what you done, and it's done. But if I can help some of y'all when they're still like this. There is hope. It is a whole lot easier to build children than rebuild adults. And all God's people say it. I want you to, I want you to, I want, let, me, let me read one more quote and we're going to pray. I know you've been standing, but listen. Napoleon Hill said this, Think twice before you speak because your words and influence will plant the seed of either success or failure in the mind of another. Now, now I want everybody, I want everybody to take a deep breath. All right. That means if you're breathing, you have influence. Oh, I don't have influence over nobody. I don't. Yes, you do. Everybody has influence over somebody. There is always someone watching you. And all God's people say it. Let's look in Genesis chapter 13 and, and, and read verse 1, and, and I'll give you a, a brief overview, and then we'll, we'll begin. Genesis 13, 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and... Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been in the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled there in the land. You know what I think God put that in there? Uh, these were two righteous men. These were two uh, men that had favor with God and had faith in God. And now they're squabbling. And God put these two. These two. I always wondered, why, why would you just throw that in there? Uh, why would you just put this, especially in that particular verse? Well, I believe God wants us to know there's somebody watching. Abraham is supposed to be a representative of God. Uh, Lot has a man of faith in God, and now they're squabbling, but the heathens are watching. Let me tell you something. I, I'm going to just say this while I'm here. Uh, if you're a born-again child of God and you profess to be saved, and you are on Facebook, please think before you post. Because if you're on Facebook, there's lost people on Facebook. 
And if, if, if the church is squabbling, I, 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 was, I, was, I was looking this week and there was people fussing about something that happened at church or some activity and it happened to do with some teenagers that, that could have been taken care of easily. And now they're on Facebook posting stupid junk one to another and lost people are saying, see, that's why I don't go to church. Yeah. And Abram, no, wait, that ain't why you don't go to church. Let me just state that. That's an excuse. But you still don't need to be anyway. I'll say this. I've heard people say this. I'm not going to go to church with them hypocrites. Well, I tell you what, I'd rather go to church with some hypocrites than the hell with all of them. Yeah, no, don't clap, don't clap. Y'all going to poke the bear, don't clap. <laughs> and Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee. What a Christian attitude. Between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself. I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. Now, now, now read this next sentence with me. Like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar, read the next three words. Everybody say it. Then Lot chose. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness, your tenderness to us. Please help us today. Please help me. Please help me. Help me to deliver your word in such a way that's not arrogant. Lord, it's clear, and it's right to the heart. Lord, there's so many young parents in here that can, they can get it right from the start. There's, there's so many parents in here that got it wrong and, and, and now they regret and they're trying to fix it. Lord, help me help them, but help me help those that can get it right from the start. God, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'm not going to rehash everything that happened to Lot. I'm going to assume that you, you, you have enough Bible knowledge that you understand Lot's life and how it turned out and if you, you, you're new to Temple or if you're new to the Bible and you've never heard of Abram and Lot uh, Lot was Abram's nephew Lot's life was a train wreck Lot's life turned out horrible he lost part of his family in Sodom and Gomorrah his wife was destroyed he ended up committing incest with his two daughters and, 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 which created the Ammonites and, 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 and listen, two, two, two nations that were the greatest enemies to Israel. His life turned out terrible. Last week we learned that there was a lot of similarities between Lot and Abram. They were both men of faith. They both, both were believers in God. And in the New Testament we find out that it says that, that Lot was a righteous man. So they, they both had faith in God. They both had the favor of God. God blessed them like crazy. And, and they both made mistakes, but... But Lot, 
he turned out, listen, his, his future turned out in a terrible, terrible, terrible way. Would you agree with that? Say amen. And it all began, really, it, it, when it comes to Lot, it began at the moment of his choice. It began the moment that he chose to go toward Sodom. Sodom was a wicked place. Sodom was an evil place. I, unspeakable, unspeakable wickedness went on in this place. But Lot chose to go that direction. Lot chose to take that step. And we can, you can trace it back. You can study it any way we want to study it. And we can see the downfall really began at the moment of that choice. And we can look at this and think, my goodness, this was a man of favor. This was a man of faith. And how in the world? Uh, uh, and, and I can look back and you think, how could someone do something so stupid? How many of y'all have ever Why in the world, why in the world did they do? How could somebody make a decision like that? How could somebody make a choice like that? Man, they were intelligent. They were, they were brought up in church. And look at them now. What goes into a choice? We can, we can, now let me say this again. Ultimately, Everyone's responsible for the choices they make. Let's clarify that. Say amen. amen. But man, I begin to dig and I begin to dig and it's what caused Lot to make this choice. I, I, don't, think, I don't think necessarily, I don't think necessarily that, that, that Lot intended to be, as a matter of fact, I, I know he didn't intend to be in Sodom and end up in the shape he's in. No alcoholic, no alcoholic ever intended to be an alcoholic tasting that first drink. No, no addict ever intended to be an addict with that first whatever. They didn't intend to be there. They didn't intend to be there. They, they, they didn't understand that sin will take you farther than you want to go, will keep you longer than you want to stay, and will make you pay more than you want to pay. The devil's very deceptive. He's very deceptive. But here's the thing. What went into that choice? I want to I share with you three things that I, I, I draw out of this story that, that God has kind of showed me. And, and it, they're simple. Uh, there's not, there's, there's not a, a, a lot of detail in each one. It's just three things that, that I see that I want to share with you today. All right, number one. I, I, want you to, I want you to go back with me. I want you to go back with me to chapter number 11. <clears throat> Chapter number 11, and let's look in verse number 27. Chapter 11, Genesis eleven twenty-seven. 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. So that makes Lot Abram's nephew. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren, she had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Haran and dwelt there. 
And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. So here we have Ur of the Chaldees. Let's just, let's just put it this way, if we can look at it like this, if we was on a map. Ur of the Chaldees, then we have Haran, Haran, and then we have Canaan over here. All right, Abraham and his family are over here in Ur of the Chaldees. Now see, here's where the start is, and here's where the call comes. Now, reading what we just read, it makes it seem like God did not call till chapter 12. God did not call till after uh, Terah had died, but that's not the case. If we go to Acts chapter number 7 and listen to the sermon that, that, that Stephen preached, he, he told specifically that God called Abram in Ur of the Chaldees before he ever made it to Haran. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. Okay, so according to these verses, we find that Abram and his father and his nephew and his people leave Ur of the Chaldees and come to Haran. But then they stop. Where were they supposed to go? Canaan. Come on, everybody say it. Canaan. But they stop here in Haran. Now, and we know, according to Stephen, back here, back here, when God called Abraham, he said, Get thee up out of thy country and away from thy kindred. Leave everybody. Get out of thy country and from thy kindred. But what did Abram do? He took his father and he took his nephew. And matter of fact, he got up out of the country, but he didn't make it all the way to Canaan. And he stopped in Haran until his father died. And now God calls him again and says, Hey, get thee. Out of thy country, let me read it. Y'all looking at me awful funny. I got it right here. Look what it says in, in, in verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord, now now we're in Haran, in chapter 12, now we're in Haran, the father's died. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. Now watch this. Watch this. Verse, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. Number one, if you're taking notes, what went into what went into a decision? I believe what started it, number one, was in an incomplete exit. An incomplete exit. What does that mean? It means partial obedience. Partial obedience. Did he get did he get out of his country? Yes, somewhat. And then even when he fulfilled that, he still took Lot with him. He didn't completely do what God said. Now, what is the point? The point is this. Lot had a disagreement with Abraham and because of that disagreement, they had to separate, and Lot went that way. But if Abraham would have done exactly what God told him to do, Lot would have never been with him to begin with. Right. Amen. Yeah. Preacher, what are you saying? 
I'm saying this. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to partially obey God. And you think it's great. You think it's fine. You think it's wonderful. Did you do what God told you to do? Well, some of it. Did you completely come out? Did you? The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. What is he doing? Abram is still trying to carry some of his old life into a new way. And I'm telling you, when you hold on to the old and try to reach out for the new, the old will always cause you problems. Lot was constantly causing Abraham problems. Listen, from squabbling. Not only that, when he went to Sodom and got captured in Sodom, Abraham had to go fetch him and fight a battle that wasn't even his fight to fight. What was, what, what was Lot thinking? No, 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 not what was Lot thinking. What was Abraham thinking? Abraham was Lot's authority. Abraham was the greatest influence in Lot's life. And everybody wants to jump down Lot's throat. But what about Abraham? Incomplete obedience. Incomplete exit. He didn't do what God told him to do. He did some of what God told him to do, but he didn't do all of what God told him to do. You, think, you don't think that's significant? Go read in, in Samuel and find out about King Saul. <clears throat> Listen, King Saul was commanded, go and kill the Amalekites. Go destroy them all. They were enemies of Israel. They attacked Israel when they came out of Egypt. God always remembered that. And he told Abram, I'm going to bless them that bless you and I'm going to curse them that curse you. He said, destroy them all, everyone. If they're breathing, destroy them. I mean all the cattle, everything. And what's Saul do? Y'all know, if you don't know the story, go read it. But I'll tell you what he did. He went in there. He destroyed everybody but the king. He kept the king alive. The king was a trophy. The king was a trophy. Not only that, he kept all the best sheep. He kept all the best lambs. He kept all the best cattle. Destroyed everything else. And you know what? He was so proud of himself, he set up a memorial of his his feat of action. But how many of y'all know God's always watching? And he told Samuel what had happened. And Samuel was grieved in his heart. And Samuel went to meet Saul. And Samuel said, what are you doing? He said, oh, blessed art thou of the Lord. You know, Saul's so pious. He thinks everything's hidden. He thinks he's done great. He's real arrogant before him. He said, I did what God told me to do. And Samuel said, well, what in the world is that I hear in the background? He said, oh, 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 that. Yeah, yeah that, we just, uh, well, not actually, he didn't even say we. He said they. Yeah. Do you notice every time Saul got in trouble, it was always somebody else's fault? Yeah. He said, well, the, the people, I listened to the people, and the people, they, they wanted to keep the best so we could sacrifice to God. Tried to make it spiritual. Yeah. It's amazing to me the people that live in sin and want to try to, try to get God in on it shacking up and say God put us together God didn't put you together not if you're living in sin don't try to make something spiritual that's sinful oh yeah yeah we brought this to God we brought these and and this is what Samuel told him said listen God is not happy you were disobedient he said oh but I did some of it you know what you know what Saul learned partial obedience is disobedience 
And the the problem with today's church is not that that Christians are living in complete darkness. No, no, it's not that. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. It's not that we're walking in darkness. We just don't mind a little stroll in the shade. We do some of what God says. But you you understand that if if Abraham would have done exactly what God told him to do, if he had been completely obedient to the word of the Lord, this would have never happened. Parents, please, if God is speaking to you, if God is telling you something, obey him completely. This is a matter of separation. Don't try to keep things from your old way and your old life into a new life, especially if you're trying to raise youngins. Because you have great influence on them. Number two, in, there was an incomplete exit. An incomplete exit. Then number two, don't you see this? There was an inconsistent example. There was an inconsistent example. You say, preacher, what do you mean? This is what I mean. <clears throat> if you'll look in, in these chapters, if you'll look in chapter number 12, you'll find out that, that, that Abraham takes Lot. And, and here is Abraham. Here is Abraham. He gets to where God tells him to go, and he builds him an altar. Now, what do you do at an altar? Come on, everybody. Pray. You call unto God. The Bible says Abraham called unto the Lord, and he spent time in prayer. Then a famine came. A famine came. A testing time. A time of testing. And Abraham left the altar. He left the place of God. He left the will of God. Went down. By the way, every time you see him going to Egypt, you're always going down. Egypt is a type of the world. And he went down to the world. One moment he's praying, the other minute he's in the world. And when he's in the world, he's not praying because there is no altar. And now he's lying and scheming. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying I think there was a lot that went into the choice that Lot made. And one of that thing is he had an inconsistent example in front of him. Abraham is praying one minute and lying the next. Abraham's obeying God, going to the promised land one minute, and then he's going down to Egypt the next minute. Yeah, we can, it's a quiet, we can have devotion in here, can't we? Can I, can I, can I just get real with you just a minute? I don't know why I raised my guy. I took my kid to church every Sunday. I don't know why they're acting ignorant in the world right now. Well, did you take home what you got on Sunday? You might have took them to the building, but did you have roast preacher all the way home? Did you talk about the church members all the way home? Did you talk about the music leader because he didn't sing the song you wanted to sing? Did you whine and complain and gripe about everything in the church and do, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to preach. I'm going to come right down this plow, right here in this, right in this road till we get all the weeds out of this one. Well, I don't have no, listen, I was just talking to my husband or I was just talking to my wife. Yeah, but there was three people in the back seat listening to every word you said. I was sitting. I was sitting on the on the on the. We had a little little uh, uh, 
podium there in the little building <clears throat> several years ago. And there was about four or five men around me. And it was after Sunday night or Wednesday night, I don't remember, and, and we were sitting there, and a little, little fella came up to me, little fella came up to me, and, 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 uh, and uh, he, said, he said, Preacher. I said, What? He said, Daddy says you do stuff wrong. <laughs> and his dad was standing there. <laughs> I said, Is that right? I said, What do I do wrong? He said, Everything. What did you do? I didn't have to do nothing. Where do you think he heard that? Where, where do you think he heard that? They don't come up with that stuff all by themselves. I Listen, let me, let me say this. There is no doubt whatsoever. There is no doubt whatsoever. None, zero, there's no doubt whatsoever. You can do everything right and have one turn out ignorant on you. You can do everything right and have one turn out ignorant on you. I, I, it's just the thing. I, I believe with all my heart the, the prodigal son's daddy was a good daddy. That's why the prodigal had to leave and go to a far country before he could act ignorant like he's going to act. Are y'all with me? But let me tell you something. If you do everything right, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. That don't mean he won't stray. That means whatever you put in him, he can't get away from. And that prodigal said, oh, I, my father's house. There's bread enough in despair. What am I sitting here hungry? I will go back to my father. There's no doubt whatsoever you can be a great parent. You can do everything right and have one turn out ignorant on you. You can do it. You can do it. But let me say this, that's a rare deal. That's a rare occasion to the point that we should not even act like it's real. Most of the time, children will do what they do because of the influence that was in front of them. Well, I took my kid to church. Well, did you take church home? Did you, did you act one way at church and another way at home? Was you on the altar one minute and in Egypt the next? I know this is tough. Trust me, God's done beat the devil out of me. Inconsistent. I'm going to tell you the greatest, the greatest detriment to the children that are growing up in church today is not what they're getting at church. It's what they're getting at home. Because they are seeing an inconsistent example. They are seeing their parents say one thing at church and another thing at home. Act one way at church and another way at home. You, it, it's psychedelic. They don't know who you are. Well, they do. They just know you're a hypocrite. And let me tell you something. We adults, we adults, we, we can, we, <laughs> trust me, kids, they can smell a hypocrite five miles away. Let, 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 me show, let me show you how this worked. Let me show you how this worked. It transferred over to Lot. Because when it came time for Sodom and Gomorrah's, don't, don't leave me now. Don't leave me. Stay with me. I got some more. All right? Stay with me. Come on. It's going to be all right. I'm telling you, God is going to help us today. 
When Lot, when Sodom and Gomorrah is being destroyed, the angel said, go get your family. Go get your family. Tell them, get on out of here. Watch this, watch this. Look what happens. Genesis 19, verse 14. Genesis 19, 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, up, get you out of this place. The Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. He said, what are you, are you serious? Come on, man, cut that out. You're going to be talking about retribution? You're going to be talking about God? We, we, we know. They thought he was kidding. Let me tell you what an inconsistent, the two things I want you to write down right here. Two things I want you to write down right here about an inconsistent example. What will an inconsistent example do to your influence? There's two things that, that will happen. There's two things that will happen. Write these down because this is, this is significant. This is not just for your children. This is for your witness to the world. First, it damages our testimony. It damages our testimony. I, had, I, I went to the store the other day. Went to the store the other day. And, uh, and, and the store owner said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. We need to go outside. I need to talk to you. I said, come on, let's go. He said, he said, there was a guy, there was a guy here Saturday, he, he comes in sometime, and he said, he said, he saw you uh, uh, across the road, this is, this is a store right down here, the, the Marathon, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about down here on the right, right before you get to the interstate. I go in there and, 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 and get and bacon and, and eggs and, and no carbs and cheese and tomatoes, say amen. Three dollars and something, say amen right there. That is great for a carb diet, amen, no carb diet. And I was in there, and, and, and he said, hey, preacher, that store right across the road, because there's, there's a gas station right across the road. He said, he saw you there in your car, and you put a case of beer in your trunk. I started giggling. <laughs> he's tore all to pieces. I'm telling you, he's, all, he's upset about it. He said, I defend you. I said, there's no way. And, and I, I, said, I thought, this dude's serious. And I said, look, man, let me, let me help you something. Let me assure you of something. I'm 43 years old. And I said, there has never one single ounce of beer been in my mouth. You understand me? Let me just tell you that right now. Before we go any further, I'm going to just tell you that right now. Assure yourself, I have never, period. I had uncles that are alcoholics. Every, every family reunion we had they, had, they had beer every time. When I was a little old bitty thing, I went up one and said, man, I want that, I want that, I want that. Let me have a taste of that, let me have a taste of that. And they mess with me, cutting up, and, and, and says, all right, here. And I, put, and I smelled that, and I about threw up. I don't know why in God's name any sane person won't drink that stupid junk anyway. That made me nauseate. From that point on, I didn't even want to. I, I never, never. I said, secondly, I said, do you think that I would be so stupid to put a case of beer in my trunk a half or to two miles from the church I pastor? I mean, think about that. Now, if I did do it, I'd go to Moulton's, amen. But I ain't. Y'all don't, y'all know. I mean, if I'm going to do it, I ain't going to do it where y'all there. Y'all might see me. Well, why, why wouldn't you do that? Because it would hurt my. See, this, was, this wasn't this was a lie. This was even the truth. This was a lie. 
but it got to people saying, oh, that preacher temple. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what being inconsistent will do. It will hurt your testimony. What's so significant about a testimony? Let me read this. Let me read this. Watch this. Proverbs 22.1. Proverbs 22.1. A good name. Say it with me. A. Everybody say it. A. It's rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Preacher, why don't you do such and such? I don't think it's wrong. Well, it may not be. But I'd rather keep my good name. Now, trust me, I'm not perfect. God knows that. Y'all know that. Good Lord, we all know each other. I'm not perfect by no means. But I'm telling you what. I don't want to spend five seconds destroying something that took me 43 years to build. And let me say this, too, by the way. When you go home, when you go home and you criticize everything that the preacher says, don't be surprised that one day when, when Junior's acting ignorant and you want the preacher to talk to him. Yeah. I need you to help him. He's just acting a fool. Well, why do you think he's going to listen to me? Right. When you disrespect the man of God and the word of God his whole life, why, why should he listen to what I got to say? Inconsistent example. The greatest danger to evangelism in America today is inconsistent example. It damages our testimony. Watch this. It dilutes our message. It dilutes our, our message. has no power. We find... Lot comes to his sons-in-law and gives them the message of danger and the message of deliverance. you got to come on. And they mocked and made fun. You know why? Because he didn't have no power in his message. Oh, you've been living in Sodom too. What are you telling us about? Parents, I'm going to tell you this. I've heard it my whole life and I've seen it. This is the truth. This is the God's truth. What we do in in moderation, our children will do in excess. If you're unfaithful one Sunday, they'll be unfaithful three Sundays. Don't ever think that how you live your life in front of your children is not greatly influencing the choices they make one day. I know this wasn't going to be fun, but I'm telling you, if somebody don't stand up and say this stuff, our, our, the church in America is doomed. I've had people that I've witnessed to and set to 3 o'clock in the morning trying and begging them to get saved and pleading with them to get saved. And listen, the biggest hang-up they have, well, so-and-so says they're saved, and they're over here cussing like a sailor every single day. They're over here drinking like a fish every single day. If that's saved, I don't want none of it. Listen, that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important. Listen, if you're going to have a temple sticker on your car, act like somebody. If you're going to wear a temple shirt and you go out to eat, you need to tip right. Tip more. You ought to do it if you don't wear a temple shirt. Do you realize realize that, that waiters and waitresses hate Sunday? They hate Sunday. You know why? Because the church people come in and they're the rudest and they tip the least of everybody all week. Yeah. 
then we won't invite them to church. I'm going to tip great because I represent Christ. And I don't want them to spit in my food. Say amen. I've been with people, I don't care where they're at. I don't care where they're at. I don't care where they get. I don't care how it came. They sending it back. That's ignorance. Ain't you never watched 60 Minutes? Mm-hmm. In Josh, Josh, Josh. Inconsistent example. We get upset. We get upset at our children because they act just like us. Let me give you the last one because I'm out of time. We see an incomplete exit, an inconsistent example. Then number three, and this may be the most dangerous one that you need to be wary of. There was a very influential exposure. There was a very influential exposure. What does that mean? It means Abraham exposed Lot to something that greatly influenced his decision. Watch this. Watch this. If, if you can't see what I'm fixing to say, you're, you're choosing not to. Genesis 12, 10. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt. What is Egypt a type of? The world. Disobedience. Backsliding. Going back on God. Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn. You know what the word sojourn means? Temporary stay. Do you realize nobody intends to backslide on God and stay there? I didn't mean to stay long. It's kind of like Naomi and her husband. They didn't, they didn't mean to stay that long, and they stayed long enough that her husband died and her two sons died. Watch this. He went down into Egypt to sojourn there. Genesis 13, 1. After God got Abraham's attention, after God got Abraham's attention, he went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him. So Abraham gets, gets dealt with by God and, 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 and gets chastised by God, and he comes back, and he's coming back out of the world. Thank God. Aren't you glad God will bring you out of the world? And Lot came with him. Now watch this. Genesis 13. This is so telling. This is so telling. Verse 10. When it came for Lot to make his decision, when it came for Lot to choose which direction he was going to go, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of... Why did he choose? Because it reminded him of Egypt. Preacher, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is Abraham, Abraham came out of Egypt. Abraham brought Lot out of Egypt. He just never could get Egypt out of Lot. 
Be careful what you expose your children to. Be careful what you pump into your house every day and every night on that TV. Be careful of the wickedness and the sin that you expose them to, the places that you take them. Because you might be big enough to handle it and strong enough to handle it. It might not throw you off the rails, but your children may not be able to take it. I, I, I thought about this. I thought about this. I'm, I'm a little over time, but I've got to say this. I thought about this. How in the world, how in the world do we get to a place where, where, where Christian bakers are being sued and they're about to lose their business because they won't participate in something so wicked and vile? How do we get to that place in our community? How do we get to that place in our culture? How do we get to that place in our country where people are calling wickedness good and, and good wicked? How do we get to that place? Little by little. They started feeding it. Listen, they started putting the homosexual agenda in sitcoms and made them funny. And they made them funny so that, so that you would laugh at it, so you wouldn't think it was that big a deal. And then they started bringing it more and more. Not that it's just funny. Yeah, it's still out there. Yeah, it's still weird. Yeah, it's still bad. But it's, oh, he's so funny and it's funny. But now, now, now it's mainstream. Now it's acceptable. Now it's just a thing. It's no big deal. Now, here's the thing. You and I know it. You've been saved long enough to know you know what right and wrong is and you know what wickedness is, but you've got children and you've got teenagers that's saturated in all of this stuff and they don't know what to think. And we did it. We exposed them to stuff that is greatly influencing the choices that they make. We wonder, why would they do that? I'll tell you why. It's what we exposed them to in an earlier state. Why did Lot pick? Why did Lot pick the way he went? Why did Lot make the choice he made? Because it reminded him of a place that Abraham had no business taking Lot to begin with. I'm going to tell you. You better be careful the music you expose your kids to. You better be careful the the TV shows and the and the stuff and the junk and magazines and books and the stuff out there is just so crazy. And by the way, by the way, you better know what they're doing on the internet. There are predators on, I don't even have time to go into this. I, I, we need to do a series just on that. The dangers of the internet. We think it's in Atlanta. We think it's in New York. We think it's in Birmingham. It's in these big cities. There are predators today that are preying on children in Coleman County. And we're just going blissfully through life. And we don't even think about it till we have to go rescue and drag them out of Sodom. And hope it's not too late. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be a good influence. Let's be completely obedient to the call of God and to the will of God in our life. Let's don't be partially obedient because partial obedience is disobedience. Let's don't be inconsistent in our walk. I'm not saying you've got to be perfect because there's nobody perfect. We all make mistakes, but we can try to be consistent. I'm not even saying you've got to be a super Christian. I'm not even saying you got to be a super Christian. You got to be this great evangelist missionary that just, I'm not saying that, but it just be the same. 
Just be the same. Just be consistent. If it's mediocre, be consistently mediocre. I would rather you be a mediocre Christian than one that's way up here one moment and way down here the next moment, and your kid don't even know who you are. Consistency is so important. The Bible says when you depend on an unfaithful man, it's like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Boy, we need some faithful Christians. We need some consistent Christians. We need some Christians that will be the same at Walmart as they are at church. Boy, I'm way out of time. i got to say one more thing. Preacher McCormick. He's, he's got some rental houses. And everywhere I go with him, everywhere I go with him, when I'm visiting him or whatever, even on that, even on that ship, when I was with him on that ship, everywhere I go, total strangers, he'll always say, good morning, I'm Preacher McCormick. I said, do you do that to everybody? He said, I sure do. Now, now uh, uh, Miss Edna, am I exaggerating this? Am I lying about this? Miss Edna, she, he was Miss Edna's pastor for several years. I don't care where he goes. Good. I'm Preacher McCormick. How you doing? I said, why do you do that? He said, for two reasons. One, it lets them know who I am. So they'll stay on their toes. And two, it lets me know that they know who I am, so I'll stay on my toes. Let's do it, people. You don't have to say I'm preaching McCormick, but you can do what you, I, I'm Christian John. Amen, I don't know, whatever we do. Let's stay consistent. Say it with me. Let's stay consistent. And all God's people say it. Father, thank you, Lord.